What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count. The views, opinions, or advice offered by this show's host do not necessarily reflect those of News Talk 780 KOH or its parent company, Cumulus Media. This is Bosma on Business with award-winning entrepreneur Mike Bosma, sponsored by Keystone CPAs. We're getting Northern Nevada back to business. Good morning, Reno. It is Mike Bosma, your business-savvy CPA, coming to you from the KOH studio. Hey, you Garden Show listeners, you want to hang tight and hang on on today's installment of Bosma on Business. We're talking about the art of the side hustle. You know, now I know that you know, most of our listeners, you know, you're either you know, gainfully employed or you, know, you maybe are you know, retired or semi-retired. But uh, today's installment of Bosma on Business is all about how to make a buck or two. I was um, golfing uh, the day before Father's Day with this gentleman, his name is Kyle McDermott, who is what we would call a serial entrepreneur. He cannot help himself to start businesses and is an expert at the art of the side hustle. So without further ado, Kyle, welcome to Bosma on Business. Thanks, Mike. So, uh, you know, you know, you have numerous businesses, you have medical professional couriers, Huntsman Tavern, Sparks, Village Well do some rental on Turo. We'll talk about all of it. But, well, let's do the MPC. It was like, if I ran into you, talk to me about what MPC is and why should I care? So, um, we'll back up a little bit. Um, went to the University of Nevada, Reno, graduated the finance degree back in 2007, uh, worked at Renown as a financial analyst and promptly got fired from that position because I fell asleep in a meeting. Um, the ironic part about that and how it ties into MPC is in 2010, I bought the delivery company after I taught English in South Korea for two years. Mm. Uh, so saved a bit of money out there, had a blast, came back and worked at Sushi Pier uh, over by Costco, not too far from here. And um, I actually bought the business on a break in the Sushi Pier bathroom while I was on the phone. So, uh, negotiated the deal while I was okay, on but shift. but you didn't meet the owner in the bathroom. No, I did not. Because that would have been That's, even more yeah, creepy yeah, yeah. than it That's already suspect. is. suspect, yes. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I bought this business in the men's In the bathroom, room. yes, right. yes, yeah, yeah. There I, is I can see there's some red flags business, there. Right, yeah, that, that might be, we're not going to advocate for that <laughs> on the show. But No, but I did buy the business on the clock um, and negotiated the terms of the deal. And then, yeah, January 1st, 2010, I bought the company, and the ironic part is that Renown ended up being one of our clients uh, within the year of us purchasing it. So we transport equipment that all the hospitals in the area um, share, and then basically anything that can be extracted from your body, we deliver. Oh, you know, yeah. Okay. So there you know, go. our clients are you know LabCorp, United Blood Services, that is now Vitalant. Um, well, you know, I you know you're uh, friends with my eldest son, Brian. Correct. But maybe. Um, like how much do you pay your, your drivers? Currently somewhere between 12 and 18 an hour. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. My younger son, he, he delivers dead bodies for a living. Right. I, you know, so I, and I think he makes more than that. I'd so, imagine. But it's on demand. Right? right. Yeah. We used to actually have a client, it was Sierra Donor Services and we were picking up and transporting, uh, skin tissue and eyeballs. So that was an interesting year. 
and they definitely wanted us to do that. I did a couple of the deliveries and which another ironic part about this whole thing is that I hate hospitals. I, I pass out at the site of blood. If well, I get you passed out in the, at the meeting and renowned. Just say, I didn't fall asleep. Yeah, right. I passed exactly. out. Exactly. I just got overwhelmed. About, right. Yeah. Right. I flooded. I, <laughs> I tapped out. I got overwhelmed. And no. now you know, you're... And you're firing me for that? You yeah. should treat me mm-hmm. for that. Exactly. <laughs> they they looked at it a little differently. I'm sure they did. <laughs> uh, you know. So a fin- why does Renown need a financial analyst? Don't they have all the money already? I mean, you know, they are not for profit. That they will tell you over and over again. Um, but yeah, I mean, they they had me in a bean counter type of position, and I was coming off the heels of a very highly sought after um, internship when I was at the, the tail end of my college career and uh, got that. There was a ton of freedom. Um, Tim Blakely was my um, sort of contact there. He was considered my boss. He was the director of radiology at the time. And he just put me on projects. And he was like, you have X amount of time to get this done. If you don't have anything to do, you can go home or you can go and shadow somebody else in another department. Tons of freedom. And I loved that. And then as soon as I got my full-time job... Then you had to go to work. I had to go to work. Right. Yeah. Butts and seats, eight to 10 hours for four to five days, and it just was not for me. It's not It's not your track. No. Maybe the, for the benefit of our listeners, maybe that's you. He's like... I remember when I started public accounting, mm-hmm. I... Uh, you know, they, they put you in the cubicle and sure. you know, they, they give you a stack of stuff to read, and uh-huh. and I'm just like... I, can I just talk to people? Can right. I go, go walk around? Right. You know, this is insane. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I like my screen time, but... Yeah, I got I got put in a box and I did not like it. Didn't respond well. No. So so uh, so you, so you bought MPC. How much you buy MPC for? It was I I my negotiating strategy was this is the amount of money that I have in my bank account when I went to the owner and at the time it was about twenty grand. I offered him eighteen. I think he bumped it to about eighteen five, and then we did a one year zero percent interest uh, loan. It was another twelve grand over. Okay. Um, a year, mm-hmm. so grand a month. And how did how did you find the business? Uh, my was, buddy, it, was it written on on the wall in the bathroom? You know, no, 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 no. no I was no, like, no, hey, no. you want to buy my business? <laughs> no, Call. No. no, my buddy from high school, uh, Cole Johnson. He was working for this company. Um, he was finishing up his double major. He was finishing his Spanish um, degree, and uh, this was just his job on the side. And the owner had offered to sell the company to him, but Cole didn't have the cash at the time. Uh, so he, I came in, Cole had the experience, I had the money, and we there you go. partnered up right. 50-50. Oh, oh, so so Cole bought in too. Correct. Or, or, but, you know, so. He was the experienced one. I'm like, you know, my goal is to not be driving vehicles, but to be running the company. Okay. He was going to be more of the manager. Now, is he still involved? He, uh, my uh, parents actually bought him out. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, there's a story there. Oh, yeah. you do so, um, you know, after MPC, um, uh, medical marijuana became legal. Mm. So we had another company um, that we were friendly with. We had talked about purchasing their company. They were a bicycle messenger company called Bootleg Couriers. So they were our sort of business doppelganger, but in the legal field. So they picked up and dropped off all legal the documents, documents right. okay, and all yep. that. Um, so we had talked to them and met them, you know, we had a friendly business relationship with them, sort of a handshake deal. Like you stay out of medical, we'll stay out of legal. And it was great. And so we knew that they were going to be looking at transporting medical marijuana when it became legal. And I said, instead of competing with one another, why don't we team up and do this together? And we started Blackbird, uh, deliveries. Okay. So 
But that still doesn't explain why mom and dad bought out the business partner. So eventually when Blackbird started getting, you know, big enough and bigger than MPC, uh, Cole w- went to spend the majority of his time gotcha. there. Okay. And after time, you know, he was still getting a salary from MPC and, and like, my eh. parents were interested in that. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so they it. came in, bought him out and he still owns about 15% of the company. But okay. So, so uh, in studio, Kyle McDermott from uh, medical... <laughs> professional couriers, MPC. And uh, today's installment of Bosman Business, we're all just talking about, you know, the side hustle, right? right. So Cole, your business partner, yes. it, it all started with, you know, he's probably doing some work on the side. You yep. know? And that's like great work, right? Because all you got to do is basically drive around and you don't, you can't overthink what's in the back of the car. No. Okay. You just, you don't want to. Don't open the too. package. Don't go through the package. Right? Leave it. It should right. be sealed when it gets yep. to the. Or in a cooler, you yeah, know, right. just, deliver on dry ice. That's exactly how that goes. So, um, but, but it's about making an extra buck. Now, Kyle, the thing that you did well, whether or not you realize it, when you were um, over uh, teaching English, correct? Um, you saved a bunch of money. I did. Now, it's in, in our culture. Um, in fact, maybe you should talk to Brian about this. <laughs> um, you know, about how you you know how do you get your mind around saving money? Because there's so many things to buy. Right. We're very consumer driven culture. Sure. So and and what I call it is you you need the money in the bank and keep your powder dry for sure right? and so it's like so when opportunities present themselves they always do right uh, you know right now I uh, in a, I guess a week and a half I'm gonna go to San Diego now you know I've not been shy about this is my my exit strategy and there's a house in San Diego up in Encinitas it's right on the bluff mm-hmm. overlooking the ocean right it's just it's beautiful and it's my fifth time going up there. And and the owner who I've you know got you know like you know it's it's a, it's a, the same thing right everybody's trying to save a buck so um, I do originally under VRBO but mm-hmm. then I get the owner's contact information so whenever you know and, and nobody wants to pay the VRBO fees right and the yep. and the uh, occupancy taxes yep so we're like hey I know you you know me I'll pay you cash we're yeah. we're good so um and I think I just threw somebody under the bus but anyway I mean, that wasn't the the point of the story is. Sure. So I, I I reach out and I go hey you know is is the beach house open and she goes well it is it just just can't, you know it just came open for this week and kind of short notice so she gives me a better deal because it's short notice right but she says yeah it'll be the last time the beach house we have to sell it oh. I'm like well why don't you sell it to me and she goes you know it's like seven or eight million and I'm like. I've never let the lack of having seven or eight million <laughs> dampen problem, my enthusiasm exactly. for a deal, right? And so I'm just like, well, you know, we'll get it appraised. We'll pay, we'll just pay what it's worth. You know, yeah. it's fine. And of course, all the time I'm like, what's what's the mortgage on seven million dollars? Right. Know? But but then I'm like, well, you know, I bet you know this has been the family home, you know, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, you know, they, they were there before Encinitas was a thing. It's the best surfing location in all of California, and so I'm like going. I bet they'd really like to have, but they ha- the family has to sell. So, you right. know, my grandpa died and they get mm-hmm. to step up in basis. So now they can sell no tax. Sure. And, and you know, the thing needs some upkeep, needs to be renovated. Right. They just don't have the capital to do it. Uh-huh. So, so what I'm going to pitch to him is, well, how about if I give you what's called a life estate in the property? Okay. So, and then I'll buy it for something less than seven or eight million. Sure. Right. Because it's worth something to you. Right. And, but you get a big pile of cash. And then, you know, when we're not, and we'll basically become partners, just like you and Cole. Right. But I'm like, well, if I can conserve capital and you can keep the family home, 
I mean, that's that's a win-win, right? So, how would that work? Would they have access to the home as well? And no, they would. Right? We'd split up the weeks, right? Yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. it 52 weeks, right? right? Yeah, it's like a bunch it. of buddies that get together and buy a boat together, and then they, you know, do the right. same thing. Same same deal, right? right? It's just on a much bigger scale. For sure. So, yeah, because we're renting it for a week, it's 10, 10 grand for the week. Right. And that's the friends and family. You know, normally, it's like 13 grand. Right. So, I'm like going, okay, I'm doing the math. Okay, it's sure. it, debt services and, you know, all the stuff. Oh, us, sure. yeah. Finance, accounting, right? Of course. Like, okay, well, if I can do this and, and if I can spend what I really, really, really want to do is finance it, have them really carry the residual back and right. and then I don't want to come out of pocket. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the that? obstacle is the way. Just because, you, yeah, if you want something, there's always a way to get it. Yeah, and as we're talking about the art of the side household, right? It's like, well, I know I ultimately want to retire in, in Encinitas um, or San Diego, but but this house is special to me. Right. And so I, you know, I will uh, you know gladly pay whatever the freight is as long as it cash flows, right? I, I can't, I can't, sure. can't, I can't do this. I don't, I don't make that kind of money. But right. but I'm like, hey, I, if I can get it so that it pays for itself, pay right. that, pays down the mortgage, ultimately it'll be paid off eventually. Yeah. Right, free and clear. So I'm like, okay, well, that's why you have a rental property. Great side hustle. Exactly. Right. You may not cash flow for you right now, and it's mm-hmm. a little headachey. You know, got to right. deal with it. You know, but. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you end up with a nice place, and yeah, you know, I remember when I was going through my divorce, I was sitting on the couch in this house. I was on a retreat for entrepreneurs organization. Got it. You know, really mourning getting divorced after being married for thirty years, and it was just I figured biggest failure of my life, and just how did this ever happen? And uh, and I remember just thinking it was definitely a low point. So when we come back, let's talk about the art of the side hustle and uh, the prominence of this house in Encinitas uh, in your host's life uh, in uh, the next few years. When we come back, we call it Bosman Business News Talk Seven Eighty KH. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to Bosma on Business. Your host, Mike Bosma. You know, uh, our great sponsors of the show and people that pay to advertise on the station, they pay for us to do this show every So we just got to give them their due and oh, drag it across, right? Love so it. in studio, uh, Kyle McDermott from MPC, uh, Huntsman Tavern, Sparks, Village Well, Village Ranch Hera, and rents cars on Turo, you know, just all kinds of side hustle. And, uh, but uh, before the break, we were talking about, you know, this. You know, the prominence of a house, right? So right. you're like, okay, how much is real estate worth? Well, you know, it, it depends, you know, values in the eye of the beholder. But what's interesting is when uh, when I got married, I went on my honeymoon, went back to the same place. When, you mm-hmm. know, kind of went at the lowest of lows. And, and like, as we kick nice. off chapter two, um, it's like, no, no, this doesn't, you know, the world's my oyster. Right. Right. And so oftentimes in life, uh, it's, you know, bad things happen, man. It's just, there's just no way around it. It's, it's not that they happen. It's how you deal with it. What's your perspective? You know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Well, only if you decide you're going to grow and be more, be more strong, right. be stronger as a result of, of it. So, so Kyle, before we were talking on the last segment, we were talking about, you know, keeping your powder dry, having a pile of cash. So how did you get your mind around and how can you? Help uh, your friend Brian. You know how to help the benefit the benefit of our listeners save money without it feeling like you're being poor. Right. I think you know I've 
I've been like this since I was a child. Like whenever, you know, my my dad hated rolling coins when coins were actually worth something back, you know, in the 90s. And uh, so he would be like, if you roll them, they're yours. And so I would always keep them. You know, I had a bank account when I was young and I was just a saver from like birth. Like I just hoarded. Kyle, you're not helping anybody. I know, I know, I know. So we'll get to this. But uh, I think, you know, the main thing in Korea that helped a lot, and it's just being around different cultures, honestly, is they just have a different perspective on money too. So it's like exposing, like there is, you know, debt. Nobody in America is afraid of debt. But in other cultures, that is like a sin. You don't do that. You don't, you know, overextend yourself ever, which is, you know, ironic. When I came back to America, I immediately got into debt after having, you know, the most money that I'd ever had in my bank account, which was about 20 grand back when I was 23, 24 years old. Um, And I was proud of the amount of money that I saved. There was only one other teacher that was over there that saved more than me. Hmm. And so when I came back, um, yeah, I, I was basically looking for an opportunity. I read two books that were really influential to me. One was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Ooh, and, now we're talking. And, and then the other one was The 4-Hour Workweek. Okay. So, you know, both of those spoke to me. And, you know, between those two books, the main thing that I wanted to experiment with was owning a business. Because, you know, as far as the quadrant for Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you know, you make... The, the way to make the most amount of money is to own your own business. Um, even over being a doctor, an engineer, an accountant, you know, the specialists can make a lot of money, but you're trading time for money. And I didn't want to do that anymore as a teacher doing a specialist um, sort of job as well that was paid a little bit less. Uh, so, yeah, that was the main thing for me. And I honestly took a huge pay cut to do it, but I'd always manage my expectations. So when I bought a company, it wasn't like a lavish thing. I was paying myself $10 an hour coming off of making about 28 in Korea. Okay. And I was living with three roommates. I was paying about 400 bucks a month, which I'm sure that sounds ancient at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I lived with roommates. Uh, you know, I didn't have an ego about it. I think my biggest expenses were just eating and drinking out and just keeping gas in my car. Uh, but everything else, like my main two things that I wanted out of buying this company was a Costco membership and an iPhone. And this was back iPhone 3GS days, you know? So those were what was important to me. And everybody has those dials that are important. You just, you can't, have a rich life everywhere. You can't have the best of the best of everything if you're only making an average salary. Yeah, and I'd say that's uh, the the thing that I, I love about being a business owner is is the return on investment. So like like right now, you know, as interest rates are are, are you know climbing up, I was looking at the ten year yields. You can get three to three and a half percent ten year money. Well, that's like was like point something percent not sure. that long ago. So right. it's like it's it's gone up significantly. But you're like, you know, three and a half percent, you know, as a business broker, you know, I tell people, you know, people expect to get somewhere between 25 and 33 percent per year return on the business. Right. And they're like, well, right. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, that's how it works. So it's like, this is great return and because, and it's, it's warranted because there's risk. So, you know, there's of course. all kinds of, there's, there's business risk, economic risk, you know, every risk there is legislative risk, you know, just, you know employee risk right now. Of it's course. COVID risk. So you have to factor all that in. But what I tell people, Kyle is, you know, you should have six months of what you make a year in the bank at least. Okay. 
That's a, good, that's a good starting right? point. It's, it's a good, but, and, yeah. and you just have to get your mind around that. Right. And, and what, what I find is people, it's this, and I call it the scarcity mentality, mm-hmm. which is, well, I need, I need. If I, if, I, if I have the money in the bank, I can't have this. I want this. I want, sure. you know, so a bunch of our listeners, we know the demographic. We know who you are. Uh, you remember the Sears catalogs that came out around Christmas, right? right. And, you know, they were about three inches thick. And, right. and you would just, you go through and I'd circle everything I want. I want that. I want that. I want that. Right? See, for my demographic, it was the Toys R Us catalog right, that came out. Right. <laughs> and and you was like, these are all the things I want. And if you just have to be able to say, you know, no, I have everything I need, right. but what do I want? And so I I I try and help people understand it this way. What you people really, really, really want, you figured this out early, is they want their freedom. They don't want to have to go to work. Right. They, you know, maybe they w- want to go to work because they, they enjoy what they're doing. If you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Right. But that's where it's like trying to help people understand. It's like, you know, even the professionals in my office, like, no, you're acquiring a skill set, a highly sought after, highly financially rewarding skill set. Mm-hmm. And the way that we do it at, at uh, Keystone is not only are we creating, you know, the really some of the world's best accountants and, and tax strategists, but more importantly, I'm teaching you how to do business, right? Right, and that skill set, like when you read Rich Dad Poor Dad, great read. It's like one of the top five reads you'll read yeah. if you're thinking about uh, financial success. Uh, read Robert Kiyosaki's book. I, I've actually um, there was two books that were written in the Rich Dad Advisor series that right. I had mentions in Garrett Sutton. Yeah, Garrett, yep. right down the street. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I bought, I bought that on Amazon uh, when Amazon just sold books. Yeah, <laughs> it was back, <laughs> back a minute day. ago. Right, right. So, but that's where it's like, but you had to like, you know, you're if if you're driven by that, hey, wh- this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, it was Brian who said this uh, years ago. I was looking, at, I was working for Grant Thornton at the time, and and I was looking to get transferred to the San Jose office. So. I went down, we, we you know, t- did some trips down there. T- you know, the kids were, I don't know, eight and ten-ish. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just, you know, hey, this is like a big move. I'm going to head the technology practice for Grant Thornton. I mean, in, in Silicon Valley. I mean, right. it's, it's a thing. It's huge. Right? And uh, so I said, well, I live 15 minutes away from the office. I have this kind of a house, not, a, not an extravagant house, by any stretch of the imagination. I, this is what it's going to cost to buy that house. And I re- reverse engineered, because I'm an accountant, right. what I should make. And I went to Grant, and I said, this is how much I need to make. And they're like, we don't pay senior managers' salary. Like, oh, okay. That's what it's going to take to get me there. Yeah, and that's like, my number. Yeah, that's my number. And they're like, now nah, we're good. I go, okay, fine. Because they're not entrepreneurial at all. Right. No, no entrepreneurial DNA in that firm. But what's fascinating is when I told Brian that, he goes, well, how come we're not moving? I go, well, because you know they couldn't pay me enough. And they go, well, how much you know did they offer you? And I told him, he goes, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. It's not that much money in the Bay Area, you know, it's right. Silicon no. Valley, right? Yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world. But 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 what he said is, is this, and it's true. It's like, it, but dad, if we lived in a cardboard box, we'd be rich, right? And, and I was like, that's true. That's absolutely true. Because, you know, uh, in fact, uh, there's a bunch of debate going on in the internet right now about Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and if your personal residence is an asset or a liability. And right. and so you know I'm of the school of thought that it's a liability because mm-hmm. it consumes wealth. Right. It may appreciate over time, but when you look at how much it all costs, if you yeah. lived in the cardboard box, right, it would cost less. Yeah, so, no, you know, even with appreciation, even in this crazy market. So when we come back, Kyle McDermott talking about we're going to go into some of his other side hustles and maybe how that can apply to you. It's Bosma and Business, New Stock 780, KWH.
Movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. so why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen. Welcome back to Bosman Business, your host, Mike Bosman. You know, at the bottom of the hour, we always, uh, a little tax tidbit. Um, right now, on uh, July 1st, is a lean day for tangible personal property. So you want to just be smart about uh, what assets are around on July 1st. If you're going to think of, you know, that big clunky piece of equipment that uh, isn't worth anything, throw it out before July 1st. Um, just, just saying. So if... Uh, <laughs> Otherwise, you got to pay property tax on it. Those uh, returns are due at the end of July. Uh, and it's one of those little sneaky little taxes that nobody right. really thinks about that much. Um, but anyway, just uh, my two cents. Uh, in studio, Kyle McDermott uh, from numerous businesses. But what I, what I want to talk a little bit about is uh, you know this renting cars on Turo. Yeah. So talk to me about that. <laughs> So I'll tell you with, with MPC, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that I made early on was buying three brand new cars initially when we bought it, because we moved it from a 1099 contractor model to an employee model. Um, all of the drivers drove their own vehicles and they were not very attractive vehicles and Mm -hmm. they looked like ticking time bombs to me because from my perspective, and I don't know if the, the employees or contractors looked at it this way, but if that car dies they can't come to work. So I wanted, you know, my controlling nature needed to be more in control of the maintenance and the gas in that vehicle. And so I bought him a brand new car. The day that I bought, it was a 2010 Hyundai Accent. We, you know, financed it over five years. Um, One of those contractors dies blew up or cars blew up. And I drove the Hyundai to him, handed him the keys. And I said, this is your new car while you're working. And he's like, great, I can still do my job. Um, Obviously the gas checks were, um, cut off, mm-hmm. um, which would, you know, a lot of people will, they're making money on the mileage reimbursement. They right? will, but nobody saves that money in anticipation of the car failing. Right. Typically again, going back to the saving mentality. Um, so knowing that most, that muscle is not in everybody's, you know, DNA, I did it for them because I knew that, you know, eventually these cars are going to fail. Um, so with Turo, you know, my, my sort of, how, what I'm looking for with cars, you know, Craigslist used to be the great place to buy anything used. Now that's kind of moved to Facebook Marketplace. And I know I'm giving away oh, sort of my trade secrets here, but that's where I shop for cars. Right. And it used to be, you know, five grand could get you something decent. You know, most people still have this old school mentality that 100,000 miles and that car's dead. Yeah, mine, they go like 300,000. Mine now, is right. about 300 to 350,000. Right. So if I see 100,000 miles, I'm like, this thing's just broken in. Right. And that's where, um, you know, I would go shop. Now that number, you know, kind of peaked around $7,500 for this, the cars that I typically look for. And with Turo, I really swung for the fences and bought a $12,000 car on Facebook Marketplace. It was a 2020 Chevy Spark. It is the most, you know, subcompact car that Chevy makes and it had 20,000 miles on it. It was as new of a car that I'd ever driven. Okay. That and was is that an electric lane. car? It is not. They uh, The Bolt and the Volt are their okay. electric, you know, hybrid kind of cars. But anyway, I threw it on Turo, which is basically Airbnb for cars. Okay. And uh, the app, I think they finally got a national commercial out. So it will become a household name within a year or two. 
Um, and because of all the government stimulus money and the impulsivity of, of consumers at the time, COVID was lifting back then and people just needed to get out of their house and wanted to blow some money on vacations. Uh, we put it on the marketplace and within 24 hours it was booked. So I was like, okay. And then each subsequent car that we put on the marketplace, I think it was May 2021 that we started doing this with one car. I mean, we grossed $400. And then from there, by the end of the year, I think we'd grossed about $29,000. It's cooled off since the government was giving out those checks, um, but we've already surpassed that number uh, in 2022. And we have about 13 vehicles on the marketplace. So I've learned a lot. I've had to steal my vehicles back from consumers that didn't feel the need to bring them back. Uh, Really? I track the vehicles. Like all my knowledge from MPC and like how my employees behaved and Mm -hmm. and the things that I'd learned from that. And we had trackers in all of those vehicles. Um, I put air tags in the vehicles to double up on the tracking. Um, you know, what, we, okay, what's an air tag? Air tag is a, an Apple product, um, and it's basically a little disc, and you oh. can you can put it on anything. Right, right, right. And, it, and that's why it doesn't it. need to be recharged. It's like no. it operates like off a watch watch battery or something. Like uh, that, I or think a bigger battery. it's right. they are disposable, but I think what they advertise is they'll work for about a year or two. Right, right. Um, and they're fairly inexpensive for you know what I'm using it for. Um, and you know, we've stopped, uh, the other tracker that we use is bouncy. It's fairly cheap. You know, uh, I think it's like eight bucks a month and you pay for the device. It's similar to like a progressive snapshot that tracks your driving okay. so that you get cheaper insurance. Right. Um, so we have both of those trackers. And then the main thing that I, I, and anything new that I get into any side hustle, any business, um, I do, I try to be very, very hands-on. So I want to know how to do everything. I want to see where the mistakes are and inefficiencies. And then eventually I back away. Um, So yeah, I mean, we started it as a a test model back in last year uh, during the midst of a lot of chaos Mm -hmm. and uncertainty. And it's something that honestly, and it's most of the things that I get into, the, the thing that makes the most money out of all the businesses that I've been involved with is MPC. But it's also, to me, the most boring thing that I do. <laughs> like, my joke is that, you know, I went to college to ship frozen poop through the mail because that is one of the things that we do. There you go. And uh, honestly, like I said, I don't like hospitals. I don't like needles. I don't like going. I find the human body disgusting. And the less that I know about it, the better for me. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if we get in a deep medical conversation right now, you, I will pass out. You will pass out. Okay. <laughs> No, fair. Okay. I've done note it to self. Yeah. Note to self. That's fair. Um, don't don't so take yeah, you down just that certain path. medical terminologies. It's just a trigger. But okay. anyway, so the things that I end up chasing make the least amount of money, but it's fun. And like you said, you know, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And now it's opened up this whole new world of cars that I just never thought that I would be able to afford because I tr- I typically try to pay cash for cars. Like I don't try to finance. So right now of the you know the twelve or thirteen that we have in the fleet, I'd say. 60% of them I've just bought in cash and the others were financing over five years. Okay. So, so, so my question is, you may or may not know this off the top of your head. Sure. But, but, so if you look at how much cash flow the business has, right. Right. So, and that's what, kind of what cash it made, so, mm-hmm. but you don't d- deduct interest or depreciation, just straight cash flow mm-hmm. um, divided by how much investment you put in. Right. What would that return on IR inter- internal rate of return be currently with the Turo business? Yeah, gosh, I mean it's it's hard. There's a lot of things that are changing, honestly, because it's under the umbrella of MPC. But I would say somewhere in the twenty percent right. range. Okay, you know right. nothing that's gonna you know. Well, no, actually, so and the and the reason I mentioned it is this. So again, we're talking about the art of the side hustle, right. 
and and what and the best thing that you can do as a side hustle is something you already understand. So you already understood autos, getting stuff from point A to point B. You said, hey, I can do this Turo thing. And what most people uh, that will do Turo really should do isn't necessarily go out and buy a car. It's just let them use your car. Right. Right. So, you know, I mentioned I'm, I'm flying down to San Diego. Right. You know, I'm going to have my fleet of cars at Casa Bosma. I'm like, well, hey, I can just put them on Turo. Sure. But then what you learned is I need to make sure there's somebody logistically to, to get those to things. Right? right. And um, and that's a whole other business. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, everybody's probably to this point, rented an Airbnb before. And every host has their rules. Every guest has mm-hmm. their requests. And it's the same with Turo. So the majority, you know, my office is two miles from the airport. And that's the biggest request that we get is, can we get a drop off at the airport? And initially I was going to do anything. I went like white glove. I will bend over backwards to do mm-hmm. whatever you need so that you have the best experience possible. Right. Get some good ratings. Right. Get, I right. bought a little e-bike that's foldable from Costco and I, you know, would chase the cars, you know, throw it in the trunk of the car, bring it back to, you know, my shop. I have a mechanic as well. So he'd clean it up and check the oil, make sure everything's in running order and, you know, do the checkout process on the app and get it ready to go. Um, I'm blanking on the original question. Well, no, but I guess that's where it's... There's know, a lot more to it than all, you, right, once you start So what I'm it. thinking is in terms of business model, right? Because mm. I, I love um, making business models out of sure. nothing, right? right? So what I'm thinking is, so what if you said, hey, you're, you understand all the Toro stuff, right? And it's, it's kind of inefficient if it's for a one-off, right? But everybody has a car. So what if you just said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll... You know, I don't want to put any capital out for the car. I'll use your car. You take care of your own darn car. You know, but you just, I just need to know where it is, right? And the key, and we'll have our own side agreement. And then you Turo their car. Right. right. And I'm already doing that too. <laughs> <laughs> so I pitched this idea to somebody that had that, you know, a lot of, I try not to say this to their face, but they're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They, they have this thing they because it's very in vogue right now yeah. to own your own business and do all this stuff, but it doesn't make sense for a lot of people that work eight to fives, but, or if they're, you know, recently had kids and they have, you know, moms have an entrepreneurial itch and they're like, gosh, I really want to do this. And the more that I talk about them, I, I will talk about Turo for hours because I love it. I think mm-hmm. it's fun. And and usually by the end of the conversation, they're like, man, there's a lot more to this than I originally right. thought. But I'd still I don't have to make a, some money. I yeah. got a car. And so, you know, my pitch to them is like, fine, give me your car and I'll take 10% and you take the rest. Right. I'm like, if anything breaks, we'll fix it. You know, you're, that's going to come out of your revenue. But I can guarantee that you'll probably net four to $500 a month. Right. Right. So if you buy a $7,000 car, which these people did, they got a Volkswagen Jetta. And, you know, I don't tell them all the details of what's happened to their vehicles because there have been some little nightmare scenarios and some people want to know everything and other people's don't uh, or other people don't. And yeah, it's been great for them. And I think by the end of this year, you know, they'll be ROI positive and then everything else is just gravy. And right. the car, you know, d- compared to the delivery company, I mean, we're used to putting 400 miles on the vehicles a day. These people get an allotment um, that rent the vehicles for me 200 miles a day. And you can make it unlimited for an extra mm-hmm. fee. I've kept it at 200. You go over the mileage, you pay more. Um, but people typically that are coming into Reno, they don't drive around a lot. Right. It's like yeah, when I did my Airbnb. Right. Um, yeah, it's like the, it's the 
it's the lowest stress you'll ever have on your house, right? It's because they're not really hanging out at the house. They're there, they go to sleep, and they go do whatever they're going to do. Right. Yeah, they have activities. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going right. out to eat. They're going or, out to eat. Right. Or, or, right, they're, 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 you know, if they're here for a, a family reunion, whatever they're doing, they're doing it somewhere else. So it's actually low stress on the house. And I think the car would be the same thing. Now, I was thinking if I, if I did that with my AMG or my Escalade. That's the thing. Some people don't like the idea of other people using their stuff. Uh, you got to get over that, man. That's and that's my mentality. It's just stuff. I'll drive the $7500 car. Right. I'm good with it. Sure. Right? Yeah. And I've always done it. So, I mean, the car that I drive right now is $7000. That's what I paid for it. Right. And I love it. It's the nicest car to me. All right. Well, no, that's awesome. Kyle McDermott, uh, serial entrepreneur, just trying to figure a way to make a buck, you know? And I think one of the things you said, Kyle, that resonated is you got to jump in with both feet and then you figure out how to extricate yourself. So speaking of which, when we come back, Kyle's going to say the number one thing that you need to think of at the beginning with the end in mind, you heard it here and only here. We call it Bosman Business. News Talk 780. KOH. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Title Transference aired October 27, 2004. Director James Marshall, writers Todd Slavkin, Darren Swimmer. I really like this episode, and I'm surprised that you don't like it as much as you thought you did. I actually respect your opinion more than I respect my own in general. (laughs) (laughs) When you say things are good and I check them out, they are. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome back to Bosman Business, your host, Mike Bosman. Hey, if you uh, want to be uh, an entrepreneur and you uh, want to get, uh, scratch that entrepreneurial itch, uh, you should give me a call, 775-786-4900, mbosman at keystone.cpa. Um, I am hiring at pretty much every level, and probably the best thing I can do for you if you want to be an entrepreneur is uh, get you into the organization at some level and show you how it's done, right? There's no better uh, training than on-the-job training. and it just People see how it's done, and then you're off to the races, go do your own entrepreneurial thing, and you know, God bless you. But it's like, hey, uh, we can uh, make that magic happen in studio Kyle McDermott Kyle you know you've got different businesses I wish we would have talked about you know Huntsman Tavern Reno and right. you know the ups and the downs of that but maybe we'll have you back if uh, you yeah, get definitely. to get on your calendar but uh, we leave our listeners with the number one thing so if you were to say you know hey as you've gotten into these businesses talk to a lot of people that have that entrepreneurial itch you know what's the big the number one takeaway the big aha that they just really need to know about I think going back to what you were saying you know I didn't do a great job of, of talking on the saving your money end of things you know if that's just not naturally in your DNA to do something um, like that then you just have to kind of recalibrate what's important to you so you know my joke with my staff at MPC and you know they helped me with Turo is that any new car that comes out, like the new Ford Bronco, for instance, I would love to have that vehicle. And I usually when I see a new car, I'm like, I can't wait for a decade to go by because that's when I'm going to start shopping for it. Right. And that's that's when it comes down in price. And I will buy that model to 2022. Right. Yeah, you know, right. in 2032. So, you know, you just go, you know, like I said before, you find out what makes your life rich. You know, that one thing, it can't be everything. So, you know, what's important to me is golf and driving a car that works. Mm-hmm. You know, those are important to me. Good food, things like that. Um, but what, and that doesn't, you, you just can't keep up with the Joneses in every aspect of your life. So, yeah. And, and it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like there's going to be things that are important to you. Is it, you know, you know, Mark Cuban says, I'd rather work 80 hours a week for half the money than 40 hours a week for double. Because he wants to own his thing. He wants it to be his way. 
And that's kind of how I've been. I don't do well being told what to do. And so far it's worked out okay. Well, there, there you go. So it's funny because as you were talking about, you were talking about the side hustle and I was like, if you, if you, if you struggle with having a, a cushion, you know, mm-hmm. a, a stash of money, do the side hustle and save every penny. Right. Right. It's just like, it's free money to you. Yeah. Right? So I was talking to my uh, 19 year old daughter and and she's and she's got the side. She's figured out the side hustle, right? So she's doing babysitting. She's doing this. She's doing that. I go great, which means I get to do all the stuff that she was doing, and that's okay. <laughs> but but I told her I was like, save the, you know you know she's paying off credit cards, doing all that stuff. I go do that, but then leave a little room and do something just completely fun, right? right? Completely oh, kick ass, right? Yeah. That's just like you know whatever turns your crank, but just make something where it's like you know I worked really hard, but I just take ten percent of that and go play. Right. Right. And then you're like, oh, this is, you know, like that's the going to the San Diego house. That's sure. that for me. Right. It's like, just, um, we're, uh, get a little choked up here, but yeah, my foster kids are going back to their mother, um, this week. And so we're, we're recalibrating our family and we're the three and six year old are gone and, um, and we love them, you know? And right. so, you know, and that's where I, I, I put a missive out on uh, Facebook. You can go check it out there because it's like, if, you know, with all this stuff with Roe v. Wade and all that stuff, um, and I just encourage people to open up your hearts and your home. There's so many kids in foster care right now. There's not enough places for them to land. And uh, and it's kind of its own side hustle. I, it you know, is. It, yeah. so, but, but I would tell you, you know, if you want that, give me a call, 786-4900 and Bosman at Keystone.cpa. Uh, and I can get you plugged into that. There's a huge need. Kyle, thank you so much for sharing your journey. Uh, and next week, we got more entrepreneurs, more business awesome. We call it Bosma on Business. Newstock 780, KOH. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.